Awesome. Good to be with you guys this morning. I want to again say welcome. Uh, thankful that you're here with us. Love being able to worship together. Love being able to lift up the name of Jesus together. Uh, it is the sole desire of our heart and uh, the aim of this church. And uh, what we believe God is leading us to is to see all of Franklin transformed. And then after Franklin's transformed, we'll ask for Nashville. And after Nashville's transformed, we'll ask for Tennessee. And then after that, we're going to ask for the world. And so uh, that's where we're going. Uh, we aren't stopping. Uh, the mission of the church is to see the glory and the beauty and the majesty of Jesus through his kingdom move forward. So we're thankful to be able to do that. We got to spend the last two weeks in Israel uh, and just asking God, Lord, uh, what would it look like for uh, New River Fellowship to be advancing your kingdom in the Middle East uh, among the Jewish people and among the Arab people? And so we have a passion for that. I was thankful to be able to do that. Got, got to go with my son. We had a, a blast. And we got to ask God to open up our eyes just to see what he's doing in the land. And so we were thankful for that opportunity. And so I uh, loved getting to do that, but really love getting to be back here with you guys. We missed you a whole bunch. And so glad to be here. If you're new with us this morning, I'm glad you're here too. Glad to have you with us. Uh, you'll find in your chair back in front of you, there's a connection card. And uh, if you would be willing to grab that connection card, you can fill it out with your info. And then after the service in this foyer back over here, likely the one that you came into, we have a welcome table there and somebody will be there after the service just to connect with you briefly and to say thank you for coming one and then to give you a small gift. And, uh, and I can promise you, you'll want the gift. I'm not even gonna tell you what it is. I'm just gonna bait you with that. You're gonna want the gift. So, but do that. All, all we wanna be able to do is say thank you for coming. I'm just gonna send you a note via email and just say thank you. We're really honored to have uh, new people with us. And so we're glad to have you here. Um, I'm gonna ask our ushers to come forward because we're gonna receive the tithe and offering. We love being able to do this here. We, this is an absolute act of worship. We do this as unto the Lord. Uh, we believe that God is faithfully our giver and provider and we wanna express our trust in him by just saying, Lord, we want to give to you uh, through our tithes and offerings. So you guys can take that up now. Uh, if you're new, you don't need to feel any obligation to this whatsoever. Our, all of our people uh, that have made this place their home, New River their home, made a covenant with us to help resource our church with the mission that God's called us to. And our people are faithful with that. Um, if you would like, you can, are, you're able to give online as well. We have a couple of different ways. You can just send a text, a dollar amount to the number on the screen, or you can go on our website and give that way as well. All right, just a couple of things that we want everybody to be aware of. Very excited this Thursday, October 10th, is a special day. Our governor, the, the, the governor of the state of Tennessee, who is uh, an amazing man of faith, and uh, he is, has proclaimed and called for a day of prayer and fasting just for the state of Tennessee. That is a special and powerful and unique thing. I'm so thankful for his influence in our government. And so we are 110% jumping into this to be able to say, God, we want to partner with what you're doing in the state. We want to repent for every way and any way that our state has uh, come against the heart of God. And we want to ask for God's mercy and his goodness and his presence over the state. So that's what we're going to be doing. It's a one day thing. It's an awesome thing for you to be able to jump into. And so uh, we would love to, to invite you into that along with thousands of other people and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches that are going to be joining in. So here's what we're going to do. 
uh, all day, starting at 8.30 to about four o'clock here. We're gonna open up the worship center right here. We'll turn music on and you can just use this place as a, a place to pray. It's just gonna be, it. we'll have the doors unlocked. You can come in, you can pray. If you wanna grab a group of people and pray in here, you can. Or if you just wanna come individually and pray, we're just gonna have the worship center here open all day on Thursday. And then as you see on the screen, Thursday evening from 7 to 8.30 is a, uh, an opportunity for us to come together at the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, and just we're going to pray uh, all together and just ask God to come. So it's going to be a really special time. It's a free event. The doors will open at 6 o'clock. You can come, but 7 to 8.30, we'll be praying and asking God to move. So we want to invite you to just jump in and ask God to move in our state. Awesome? Awesome. All right, and then secondly, we have coming up, uh, just to save the date, on October 27th, I believe, is uh, our Fall Family Fellowship. We have done this uh, in many, many falls, so this church has, and we've gotten to be a, a part of that before, but it's just a, a time for our church family to come together and have a blast. And so we want to invite you for that. You can put it on. We'll actually get you the time. It'll be sometime Sunday evening. We'll get you the exact time, but we are going to have a chili cook-off and um, I don't think anything celebrates the glory and the goodness of God better than chili. That's just me personally. In the fall, I feel like that's like Jesus and chili and, and changing leaves and, the, and God has come. So uh, we want you to come be a part of that. Uh, we love, but you can put it on your calendar and we'll let you know all the details. It's gonna be a fun time. We're gonna have stuff for the kids and hay rides and bonfires and all that kind of good stuff. So um, put that on the calendar. That's what I got. Uh, if you would, go ahead and grab a Bible. We're gonna be in Mark chapter two, Mark chapter two. If you didn't bring a Bible, there should be one under the chair close to you. You can grab that there and we will look at this. We are starting a brand new series today. Uh, and I have intentionally made this offensive just because this whole issue is offensive. And so what we're doing over the next several weeks is discovering the issue of forgiveness, the real F word. We are going to dive in on this issue of forgiveness and ask God what he wants to say to our hearts on this issue. Uh, our team was praying this morning and my, my wife just made this comment. I think it's so absolutely true. I don't think the enemy hates anything more than this issue. So I'm going to tell you, even as I I plan just to communicate for these next few minutes. I don't doubt for two seconds the enemy would try to destroy this word going forward because this issue of forgiveness is literally a matter of life and death. Life and death to the soul. And God has many things to say about it. That's what we'll be exploring over the next few weeks. We're just gonna barely uh, scratch the surface this morning, but we're gonna ask God to begin to release the truth of the power of forgiveness over over us, each one of us individually, but over our church as well. So I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll just jump in. Let's pray. God, you're good and you're faithful. And we wanna hear your heart and we wanna receive your truth. And we wanna see your goodness. And we know that it takes uh, you to love you and it takes you to worship you and it takes you to walk with you and to be with you. And so we're asking for nothing less than the fullness of your presence. 
God, would you teach us and would you train us and would you maybe even just stir? And in fact, I, I, just, I have a sense that you'll stir something unique in each person here uh, this morning because you're just good. It's who you are and it's what you do. So come among us this morning and release your word, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, there's just, there are several things that are just offensive to human nature. They just are. The things that can be offensive to us, and it kind of comes in all different ways and spheres of, of life. Um, uh, there are odors that are offensive. How many, have you, any of you ever been to a nat- like a naturally occurring spring? Anybody ever been to one? Yeah, so I, I got to do a lot of summer camps in, uh, uh, with our youth group in Colorado, and there's some really cool springs out there. But some of those springs are so deep, or wherever they come from, they have this scent of sulfur. And sulfur's the worst. I don't know how, to, I'm not even sure. Uh, there's like, there's two things that are really, really radically offensive. It's sulfur and diapers. And I just don't know, I mean, those, I feel like those things are the worst, right? But there's odors, and they're just offensive to the human nature. They just are, it, you can't get away from it. It stinks and it's awful, all right? Or then there's things that you, so you, there's things that you can smell, there's things that you can see. There are things that are actually offensive to the sight. And that's actually different for every person. So I, one of the things that is just personally just I can't handle it, can't take it, but um, the programs that show uh, people doing medical procedures on bodies. So some of you are like, hey, listen, hey, war movie, I can handle that, all right? But if it comes to Discovery Channel and they're operating on somebody's eyeball, I cannot handle that. That is offensive. I, it's like, a, like I, it's just, I, I just re- reject it emotionally. I reject that. I can't handle it. I can't do it. And I just want to say, just look like total pause. Thank you. Any of you that are in the medical community, y'all, just, I love you. I thank God for you because I can't do it. I've, I wasn't wired to do it, but it's totally, uh, it's one of those like offensive things to, to me personally. Can't stand it. There are things that we hear that are offensive. And certainly uh, one of those things, is, there are sounds, horns maybe, or, you know, I, I, there's all kinds of things. There's certainly there are words that are offensive. And I don't know if this ever happened to you. But I'm just going to share from my own personal experience, uh, the first time I ever came home and said a cuss word in front of my mom. And I, I think this is a, a, maybe an older, I don't think this actually happens anymore. And, if, and my mom would not be thrilled that I'm telling this story because she's a little bit embarrassed by it. But I said, and I really don't remember what the offensive word is. Uh, but I said one of those, uh, the, cuss, the cuss words. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, maybe eight or so. And um, I said the word, and then my mom snatched me up, and she took me straight into the bathroom. And then she grabbed a bar of Dove soap and just rammed it into my mouth, <laughs> just back and forth. I mean, I'm like, there's, uh, there's Dove in my teeth, all right? I'm like tasting Dove for weeks after word, okay? And anybody, did anybody ever have their wa- mouth washed out? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> All right, so that's good. So, all right, we can do this together. All right, we're going to walk in this. Okay. There, there are words and there are things that are said that are offensive. There are sights and sounds. But I want to say this. I don't think there could, there are probably many things in this life that can be more offensive than the issue of forgiveness. I, th- I think it's one of the, there are 
things that we experience and walk through, there are things that we do that when it comes to the issue of forgiveness, there's something that rises up in us and it rejects it. More, way more than a bad odor or way more than a dirty word that is spoken. The idea of forgiveness, especially when you have been really hurt, especially when something painful or harmful has been done to you, when it comes to this issue of forgiveness, I don't know that there's anything that's maybe harder to swallow. I don't think there's anything that maybe is harder to actually give away, and I don't know if there's anything that's harder to sometimes receive this issue of forgiveness. It doesn't even really matter what background you come from. You come from a really great background. You come from a really hard background. This issue of forgiveness is difficult for every person. It can be the hardest thing to swallow. And so this is what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to be in to ask the question, what is forgiveness? How do we begin to give it to those that hurt us? And how do we begin to receive it when we've done some things that are hard or painful. And so the Lord's going to have a lot to say to us, and we're going to just key in on one scripture today, and then we'll take the next few weeks to connect on a deeper level. I want you to look at Mark chapter 2, and Jesus is ministering uh, in the city of Capernaum, which is actually just funny because I was literally just there, like not 72 hours ago. I was actually in this city, so this is pretty crazy. But Jesus comes to Capernaum, and it was reported that he was at home. So he had moved, if you know, he'd moved away from Nazareth, and he'd made Capernaum his home. And many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, we'll stop here. Just a glance, uh, and just so you know, th- uh, these homes are essentially uh, one room, all right? It's one brick room, and on top, the roof is kind of made of thatch, and they just simply remove that, and they lower this guy down. There's no way that they could get access to him, and so they lower him down, and they see that their friend is in need of something. He's in need of essentially a gift, and they're asking God to move on his behalf, And so his buddies see the need, and they're audacious enough to make this thing happen. And Jesus, it literally says Jesus sees their faith, which is actually pretty amazing when you think about the concept of being able to see faith in action. And so Jesus sees their faith, and seeing it, he has this response. He says, your sins are forgiven. And you have to just push the pause button for a minute. You say, okay, wait, wait, what? What? We were sending you down. It's clear that this man is in need of this a particular gift. And, uh, and what Jesus' response is, your sins are forgiven. Here's what's beautiful about what's actually happening here. Jesus knows there's an ailment that this guy has. He knows that this man is, has a sickness in his life. He's got this paralysis. 
And we know that Jesus has gone about literally all, all his ministry, even around the Sea of Galilee, he's gone around and he's ministering and he's loving people and he's having compassion on people and he's healing people. The reason that these men are letting this man down in through the roof for this man to be healed is because they're hearing all these great, incredible things are going on. But Jesus looks at this man and the power of what Jesus knows is that there is something deeper. There's something more important and there's something more significant to the heart of the Father. There's a need that's actually greater. He knows that there is something that is plaguing this man that goes beyond his physical inabilities. And he wants to speak right to that thing. Because he knows this, there are always gonna be things that bind the body. In this fallen life, here's what we can all be assured of. At some point in time, our bodies are going to stop working. For some, because of some reason, some way, it might just be old age, it might be an ailment like this man had, but every one of our bodies are going to at some point in time in this life, should Jesus not come back in our lifetime, our bodies are going to break down. And we see that in many ways and in, 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 in many times, and we feel the injustice of that fact, but Jesus is looking at this man. He's saying, hey, I see the ailment and I see the sickness and I see the thing that's going on the exterior, but there's something more important to me that is on the inside. He knows that there's that deeper plague and every one of us has it. And it's that plague that destroys us from the inside out. It's the thing that kills and destroys. And the truth be told, we know and we've experienced, if you've been in this place where someone has hurt you or wounded you, there are a lot of physical ailments and sicknesses we can walk through. But when you've had your heart hurt and when someone has wounded you in a spiritual or an emotional way, that has a weight and a gravity that is far beyond any physical thing in this life. And in fact, some of the wounding that takes place in our hearts and lives emotionally will actually manifest itself in physical ailment. That's how bad it is. This issue of being offended and hurt and wounded by other people is a deep-seated thing. And Jesus loves with such a ferocity, with such a... a with such a massive heart for his people that he is not going to just stay in the shallow end with us. Meaning this, he'll see what's going on on the external, but he isn't staying there. He's going to the deep place. He will go to that place with every person that is willing to open up their lives to him. I say, listen, I see, essentially Jesus saying, listen, I care for and I have compassion for all the external things going on. The, dis, the difficulties that you're walking through, the disappointments, all of those things that are happening, maybe even the physical ailments you have. But I can guarantee you this, Jesus cares more about what's going on in the soul than he does on the external, and he will not stop. And I so thank God that he often meets us and deals with the things that we're walking through externally, but he's going to that deep place. And you don't know why that is, because a true and loving friend always brings and comes with what you need. Maybe not always what you want, right? Do you ever have that? 
Did you ever have someone, maybe it, was a, maybe it was a parent, a loving parent, or maybe it was a friend that brought something to you that you needed, but maybe not what you wanted? I remember that. It was always like uh, if you were, when you were a kid and you got the Christmas gift and you opened it up and it was a, a pack of underwear and socks and you were like, I really wanted a G.I. Joe, but, um, but thanks for the undies. All right, that's good. I, I appreciate that. And you weren't super appreciative of the undies. And you never thought about the fact that if you had not had those, school would be weird. You know what I'm saying? Like all, and it's actually the thing that you needed, but you didn't, you didn't necessarily want it. Does that make sense? Yeah? All right. People that love you sometimes give you what you need and not necessarily what you want. And I love, now, Jesus is going to answer the cry of this guy's heart. Uh, in terms of his paralysis, but not before he looks at this man and says, hey, there's something inside of you that I care about so much more. Because the king of the universe can heal all of our ailments here in this moment. And we ask God for his healing power in our lives. We ask God to transform and make our bodies right. And we want God to do those works for his namesake and glory. But let, let me tell you, to the last man and woman in this room, we'll all lay in a grave. And what Jesus cares most about is where is your heart? What's going on in that place? What is the thing that is keeping you from me and living out my call and destiny on your life? This is what Jesus cares about. This is what we get to see. And so he sees the gift that's being asked here. Listen, our friend is immobile, and this makes his life extremely difficult. His life is hard, and Jesus says, yeah, I see that. But I want you to know there's a deeper gift, and that here's the gift. I forgive you. See, forgiveness, first and foremost, is a gift. It's just a gift. It's actually who God is in his character and nature being given away. Forgiveness is actually a gift to every one of us. And, and we all feel that because this plague of unforgiveness runs deeper than any phys physical ailment we've ever experienced. We've, we all experience this on two levels, and this is true for every person in this room. Every one of us has experienced one of these, both of these things, that we have either done things that we are not proud of, things that we might even be ashamed of that we will carry in our minds or in our hearts, in our lives. It could be something that you just struggled with this past week. It might be something that happened uh, 10 years ago. It might be something that's ongoing in our lives. But what happens is, is we have things that we have done or things that we have uh, purpose to do or things that we have thought and they weigh on us and it sits on us. And we feel the weight and the enemy seeks to come in in those places and, and pull us down in shame. How dare you think that? How dare you struggle? How dare you fail this way? How dare you fall short? And the weight of that hangs. Every one of us has had that. The way it would be way more paralyzing in our lives than even some of the physical ailments that we can experience. Every one of us has done things we're not proud of. Some of the things we might even try to hide, it's entirely possible you're in this room, you've done some things you haven't told anyone. 
That's how much shame the enemy wants to try to hang on us. And it's crippling. It's destructive. Chewing us up from the inside out. And it's me- that, that place inside of us is meaningful to God. And he wants to bring a gift to it. And as sure as we've experienced that, every one of us have experienced that, that, <clears throat> that feeling, conversely, every one of us have had things that have been done against us. Or things that were done to us. Or ways that we have been hurt deeply. It might have been a parent or even a friend. Could be a coworker or boss, spouse. And there's this growing unrest inside of us, inwardly. And it hangs on us. And that weight can also be worse than any physical ailment. Where someone has hurt you, truly wounded you. And you're trying to function in a way where you can actually have joy in life and your joy and peace are being stolen because of what was done to you. And Jesus cares about that place. And he has design and desire to bring this gift of forgiveness to that place. So see, Jesus sees the hurt inside. That's what we see from this passage is he's willing to look past the external, go to the internal, go to that deep place with you if you and I are actually willing to go there with him. And it's in that moment that he first offers the gift that we need, not necessarily the one that we want. And he says, son, your sins the thing that's broken inside of you is forgiven and I'm removing it, I'm taking it away. To have that festering weight inside of you gone so that you can walk out in life, walk out in freedom, the ability to breathe and move and function in this life. Let me, essentially saying, hey, before I fix your body, let me free your soul. And I think that would actually be the the seminal question. If I could ask a question this morning, it would be this. Is your soul free? Is your soul free? Or are you so hurt and wounded by what has been done to you or by the thing that you did that you find yourself really not being able to function not in any way that you know that God has for you in your life. That's the question. And Jesus answers that thing. Let me touch the soul place inside of you first because that's what matters. Because he knows that here's the deal. Jesus knows every one of us will be hurt, will be disappointed, will be wounded emotionally, spiritually, physically, and that we'll do the same to others. That's what it means to be human and to have sin. It's absolutely unavoidable. So Jesus is moving to that place. But forgiveness that Jesus offers to this man is the gift of, that begins the healing process from the Lord for his children. For, let me say that again. Forgiveness is the centerpiece of what it means to begin to walk out in healing and wholeness for each one of us. Meaning this, not one of us in this room has to stay hurt. We do not, you are not, I don't care how horrible 
the thing done to you was. Not one person has to stay in the place of woundedness and brokenness and hurt. This is what Jesus is offering. Because without this issue of forgiveness, without receiving, an un, and if you will, even the picture of taking this gift and unwrapping it and opening it and receiving it and holding it, without doing that, we actually can't have peace cannot actually live free. Listen, we can do vacations and we can do good jobs and we can do fun projects and we can have families and we can do all of those things. But church, many of those things can be used in our culture to mask the thing that's going on deep inside. You can have stuff and not have peace. You can have stuff and not have joy. And the the song that is sung in our culture is get more things and you'll be okay. And Jesus says, let me tell you, you may be paralyzed, but I want to touch the soul place inside of you first and you'll be free. This is the heart of Jesus. It's actually foundational to who God is. It's actually what we're talking about is actually his character and nature. Psalm 103, the Lord's merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide. He will not keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us. Listen to this. Does not deal with us according to our sins. He does not repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. This issue of forgiveness is just central to who he is. It's just the centerpiece of his heart. In fact, we were designed to receive forgiveness. We were designed to receive this gift made in his image, ones to walk with him. Sin came and broke us. And the wounds that we took from our sin and our brokenness have literally sought to create a chasm between us and the Lord. And God's saying, I will bridge the gap. And the way that I'll bridge the gap is forgiveness. I will take off of you all of your hurt and sin and wounds, I'll put it on myself so that you can have the gift of eternal life, not just living forever. Eternal life isn't just living forever. Eternal life is glory. Majesty, peace, wholeness. It's what eternal life is. God's gracious Loving aim is to take the bondage of unforgiveness off of our shoulders and put it squarely on the cross where it belongs. And remove the shame from our lives and let Jesus carry that heavy weight for us. And that's the aim. That's where we'll be going. And so God's graciously extending this gift to every one of us. It's wide open. He's bringing it before us. And the question is, will we receive it? Will we walk toward the Lord and receive this gift and begin to unpackage this in the ways that he wants to manifest it in our lives? That's the question. It's critical. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've followed, you follow social media or you follow 
news or headlines. It's a, a big, uh, big thing. This week was certainly all over Facebook and, and all over the news outlets. And the short story is this. There was a police officer in Dallas, Texas, who for whatever reason, I was on her way home and she was a, a female police officer going home and she walks into the wrong apartment. She sees a man in the apartment. She takes her gun out. She thinks she's being robbed or assaulted and she shoots this man and kills him. And the interesting or the, 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 the piece of this that our culture is picking up on is this is a white woman who shot a black man and there's all these, and we feel it, you can feel it all over our culture. This, this thing, I mean, the enemy is trying to destroy along racial lines. You feel the weight of it. And so this thing has become this divisive issue. And so she goes to trial. And that trial happened this past week. And at the end of this uh, trial, uh, as a part of the sentencing, is an opportunity for the family of this man that was killed to be able to look at the killer and be able to speak to them. Uh, and so uh, the brother uh, of this man that was shot uh, has an opportunity to take the stand. His name is Bryant. His brother, Botham, is the one that was shot and killed. His life is taken from him. I have to just be honest with you. If my brother was shot and taken from me, I can't even describe how broken my heart would be. This young man gets the opportunity to take the stand and look his killer in the eye. And I just want you to be able to see what he has to say. You guys run that. I hope you go to God with all the all the guilt, all the, the bad things you have done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know, I can speak for myself, I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you.
Again, I love you as a person. If that doesn't wreck you, I don't know what will. Now, here's what you get to see. It's two people who get to live in freedom because of the gift of forgiveness. Brian gets to live in freedom in a most unique and powerful way. And he was able to extend that. in a way that was so powerful and, and so deep and so real and so authentic. Now listen, God is faithful and he's just. He's a good judge. He's a righteous judge. He'll, he'll, he will make account for all sin and brokenness done. And I don't want you to hear in fact, we're going to talk about over the next few weeks what it means to actually extend forgiveness to someone, what it means and what it doesn't mean. God is the righteous judge. We have the opportunity to receive the gift and trust him with judgment. But what we're getting to see and what we got to see and experience here is this issue of forgiveness is the gift that God wants to give to us to be able to live freely. It's what he wants for us. Essentially, what he's saying is, this issue of forgiveness is for you. It's not maybe for the perpetrator or the one that has hurt or wounded you. This issue of forgiveness is for you to be able to live free. God will judge justly for all wrong things, all the wrong things we've done. He'll judge justly. The beauty of those that are in Christ, and I just want to say this, if you're not in Christ, the beauty of those that have called on the name of Jesus, all the wrong and broken things that have been done, they get taken off of you and they get placed on the son of God so that when Jesus judges at the end of the age he sees the purity and the beauty of his son this is the gospel forgiveness is at the center of the gospel and so the Lord's beckoning and encouraging and calling us now will we be a people that hold grudges in the ways that we've been treated wrongly, in the ways that life literally has been stolen from us, or will we be a people that function on a different level because we function and live in a different kingdom under a different king than our culture? And we ask him to move and sh shape us. We don't want to live a life that is in decay with unforgiveness because it destroys so I so, feel so thankful for this moment for our church just to begin to grab onto this truth of forgiveness and ask the Lord to move. Ask the Lord to move on our behalf and ask the Lord to move in our church. I'm gonna ask our team to come back up and we're just gonna finish this morning. In fact, um, on the first Sunday of the month, we get a chance to take communion together. 
So we're gonna do that this morning. We're just gonna ready our hearts and ask God to begin to answer this question. Would we be willing? Would we be willing to receive this gift? Would we be willing to open our hands and say, Lord, I don't know how to walk in this, or I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how to use this gift, but I want to receive this gift from you, and I want to walk faithfully in it because you have forgiven much. It's who you are. You're the forgiver. You're the one who brings life and wholeness. If you would, would you go ahead and stand? You can put your stuff down. Just stand with me. We'll finish this way. And just begin to prepare. Father, we just want to come before you right now with our hands open. And this is how, Lord, we will prepare our hearts before we come to receive this communion, this moment. Would you just open our heart first and foremost to you? In fact, even just where you're at, would you just say, Lord, if there's any place of unforgiveness that's got a hold in me. And you could just ask him. It might be right on the forefront of your mind. It might be hidden deep down. But the invitation is there. Well, before we come and take communion together and we remember what you did, in fact, taking communion is that moment to remember Jesus, you died and bled. Your body was broken and your blood was shed so that we might be forgiven. Therefore, we do not want to walk in a place of unforgiveness. What you did for us in giving us this gift, Lord, we want to receive it, open it, and allow it to free our lives. Some of you might be on a journey of forgiveness And you're just asking God for mercy and grace and help to be able to walk in it. And the beauty is that the Lord says, yes, I will. I will come and I will walk with you. And I have grace upon grace to help you walk in this moment. To receive forgiveness and to walk in forgiveness. Some of you might even feel like you're in this place and there's some stuff going on in you that's been broken. You can just say, Lord... I want to receive your gift of forgiveness anew. So Lord, we just hold this holy moment before you. We remember even now your sacrifice made for us. I thank you, God, that you're the faithful king and that you're the one that speaks to us and comes over our lives and you meet us in these places where we become authentic with you and real with you. And would you lead us now?
Paul says in Corinthians, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying that this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, we just remember now your body that was broken for us and receive your work over our lives. And we remember your blood that was shed and we receive this cup we make our hearts ready would you make us whole and would you cleanse us we receive the gift of forgiveness and we want to hold it well in a moment our team is going to sing oh praise the name over us as we um, receive the elements I'm going to invite you and just you, you, you can come um, as you're ready. Uh, if you're not ready to receive the elements, you don't have to. No one will force you to. They'll only ask, in fact, that to receive the elements that you're a follower of Jesus. And this is free to you. And so when you come, you can receive, take a, the bread and take the cup. You're free to take it at that moment or go back to your seat and take it when you uh, get back to your seat. But we're gonna have just some open space. We're gonna sing, oh, praise the name. And we're gonna just sing that over uh, us as we trust the Lord for his forgiveness and remembering what his body and blood did for us and making us whole. And here's my prayer that at the end of this, and we'll finish together in worship, that at the end of this time that we walk out of this room, not harboring or holding the weight um, and difficulty of unforgiveness, but being able to begin to step out and say, God, your grace goes with us. And we walk in a new freedom and a new life. And that God would begin to do that for us. Father, I ask that you would do these things for your name's sake and glory, reminding us of your death, burial, and resurrection that offers us life. We receive that life in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can come and receive the elements.